Hi, I'm Liz Graveline. As a doctor of physical therapy, I spent my early 20s refining my intervention skills on treating joint pain, stiffness, and weakness. Now, in my early 30s, as a working mom of two toddlers, it wasn't long ago that I had to rebuild my level of fitness from the ground up. On this show, morning routines, posture, joint health, and life longevity are all topics we'll break down for you into digestible bits of information to quickly implement in your day-to-day life. Regardless of whether you are the experienced or novice exerciser, this is a place you can receive actionable steps and strategies to reach you closer and closer to your fitness goals without judgment or the external pressures. Bringing back the fun and excitement into an active lifestyle so that it's tied into how you feel versus what you look like is what we'll discuss here. So settle in and get ready to be cheered on while you learn. This is the Exercise Proper Podcast. I first want to give a shout out to those of you who have been tuning in every week. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, take my fit quiz to receive your results on what type of workout plan you are most likely to commit to. The link is in the show notes. Also, please leave a review or share this episode with a friend who may find value from the information in this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. It means so much. Thank you. Now back to the show. As a quick disclaimer, the information in this episode is for informational purposes only. No material in this episode is intended to substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have questions regarding your acute or recurring inflammation, please speak with your primary care doctor. Do not delay seeking medical advice because of the information you've received in this episode. I find that there's a common misconception surrounding the topic of inflammation. The majority of my patients perceive inflammation as a bad thing, and it's not. Well, okay, chronic inflammation is bad, yes. Acute inflammation, though, is not. The word acute defines the inflammation as being present for no longer than 10 days after an injury or after our body is exposed to something we have perceived as harmful. The word chronic defines inflammation as being present for any time longer than 90 days. Today's episode is part one of a two-part series discussing the topic of the benefits of acute inflammation, yes, benefits, risks of chronic inflammation, how our body responds to exercise-induced muscle damage, and types of heat and ice therapies to manage pain and other symptoms related to injury. Specifically in today's episode, I'll be exclusively discussing with you, one, the benefits of acute inflammation, two, the risks of chronic inflammation, and three, when to use heat and or ice as a modality to manage inflammation. Referring back to the point I made earlier, yes, acute inflammation is a great thing our bodies can do for us in the response to injury. The inflammatory response is part of the healing process and functions to remove damaged tissue, repair, and rebuild. Let's say you sprained your ankle by falling off a curb. Within 15 minutes after the time of injury, the inflammatory process begins and it involves the influx of blood flow to your ankle. So why do we care? Because this influx of blood is carrying all the good stuff, all the essential healing proteins and white blood cells we need to heal, repair, and rebuild. These proteins and white blood cells are basically our cleanup crew. And even though these cleanup crew guys are doing incredible things to help pick up the pieces and put us back together, 
They also trigger the onset of pain. They cause the ankle to swell and your pain goes way, way up. What's so painful is not only the injury itself, but also the pressure that the swelling places on our nerves, our blood vessels, and other tissues. After your ankle sprain, what's supposed to happen is the inflammation should resolve within 10 days, and so should the majority of your pain. However, in some cases, if your body does not have a normal functioning immune system, maybe it's unable to self-regulate, doesn't know when to taper off, or there's some sort of interference with the healing process, then that's when a prolonged inflammatory response occurs, and this is called chronic inflammation, or inflammation that has occurred for three months or longer. Listen to this though, because this is important to note. Chronic inflammation does not always follow an acute inflammatory response. Chronic inflammation can also occur completely independent from an injury. It can occur when your body cannot fight infection and the infection lingers for a while. Chronic inflammation can occur as a result of immune hypersensitivity, also known as autoimmune disease. The important thing to remember here is acute inflammation is a normal response to an injury, and it's a healthy response to infection. However, chronic inflammation is not a normal response, and the primary source of your chronic inflammation should be identified by your doctor. This way, all of your organ systems can work at their highest level of function so that you're feeling well. Once you've had an injury, always schedule an appointment with your doctor. Especially in the event you've injured your leg, schedule a doctor's visit when you are unable to place weight through your leg immediately after the injury and after the injury for at least a few steps. And if you're unable to see the doctor immediately, there are simple ways to help manage your symptoms until your doctor can take a good look. Within 10 days of the initial injury, the gold standard is to rest. Use cold therapy to reduce inflammation, reduce pain, inflammation, compress, and elevate the body part slightly above your heart. I no longer really emphasize compression of a new injury because the swelling that occurs immediately after an injury will stretch your blood vessels, nerves, and other connecting tissues past their resting length, creating a lot of pressure and pain. Although RICE, R-I-C-E, rest, ice, compression, and elevation is the gold standard, I personally will not drive home the compression portion. It is argued in the research world that cold therapy may lengthen the recovery process because it restricts everything good that comes with inflammation, like healing proteins and white blood cells because we need our body's natural cleaning crew to remove damaged tissue, repair, and rebuild our muscles and tissues around the site of injury. However, within those first two weeks of injury, cold therapy is the gold standard because the use of heat therapy within this time-sensitive window of two weeks can actually further harm tissues and cause more swelling and more pain. Immediately after an injury, it's easiest and cheapest to apply an ice pack with the injured site slightly elevated above your heart at a temperature of about 57 degrees Fahrenheit for 15 to 30 minutes. Look, you don't need a thermometer. That's completely unnecessary, but I have gotten questions about how cold an ice pack should be, so I'm just throwing it out there. Why not? And after 15 to 30 minutes, take the ice pack off for 30 minutes, then reapply. Because in about one hour... Normal temperature surrounding the injury will be restored and there will be an influx of blood flow to the site of injury and you will experience more swelling, pressure, and pain. 
thank you to our cleaning crew. Icing every 30 minutes instead of every hour should help blunt this response. Now, once you're past this two-week window, you're out of this acute inflammatory phase and you have the option of using heat. The use of heat versus ice is still a controversial topic in the literature, and that's because there are benefits to using both. If you're still experiencing inflammation, then we want to flush it out, right? Flushing out the inflammation will help to alleviate the stiffness, soreness, pain, and temporary decrease in muscle strength. If you think of inflammation as a clogged hose and you're trying to free up the inflammation, you have two options. One, you can apply heat, which acts to blast the water pressure to push the clog up and out of the hose. Or two, you can apply ice, which acts to squeeze the hose and force out what's clogging the hose. Our blood vessels respond to heat and ice by contracting and expanding. So in your mind, you're probably thinking, well, based on that explanation, it seems as though you can use heat or ice. They're both going to have the same benefit and achieve the same result. And you're absolutely right. However, when you apply ice, although you may be flushing out the inflammation, you are also blocking any blood flow from entering the water hose, right? So this means that maybe your symptoms are well managed because you're experiencing less swelling, less pressure and pain, but if there's inflammation, there's still healing that needs to happen. And we need all the good stuff that comes with the immune response. We need our cleaning crew, guys. We need more blood circulation to reach the site of injury so our cleaning crew can remove damaged cells, repair and rebuild our tissues. With application of a heating pad or moist heat like a wet and warm towel, this will have a positive effect on blood flow, muscle relaxation, nerve sensitivity, and tissue regeneration. Overall, heat application decreases pain, stiffness, and improves our flexibility. I recommend applying an electric heating pad or moist heat over the site of injury for 15 to 30 minutes at about 104 degrees Fahrenheit. You can reapply the heat within 30 minutes or so. If you Google search superficial heat therapy protocols, you won't find one. The general rule is to allow the temperature around your tissues to decrease closer to baseline temperature before you reapply. Again, you do not need to measure the temperature with a thermometer, but you do want to take special precautions when applying heat to your skin. You may want to use a towel layer or multiple towel layers between the heating pad and your skin to avoid burns. Don't fall asleep while using heat and check the site of injury after using heat for burns, especially if you are someone who has diminished sensation. These precautions may also be applied when using ice to reduce the risk for frostbite. To quickly summarize what you've learned in today's episode, we now know that inflammation is a good thing, a normal response to injury, but inflammation that lingers for months and months is not. Immediately after an injury, rest, ice, and elevate the body part that's injured and apply heat two weeks after the injury or longer if you continue to experience symptoms. Application of ice and heat may both reduce inflammation, although heat promotes overall healing. Do not use heat immediately after an injury. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you've received some insight and tangible strategies you can use, please subscribe to the Exercise Proper Podcast. Just click the plus button at the top of the Exercise Proper Podcast show page on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review when you scroll to the bottom. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time, guys.